what is going on? Welcome back to another podcast episode of Car Sales 101. Okay, so no gum in the mouth, so we're going to be clear and clean on that one. Uh, other than that, uh, if this is your first time joining this podcast, I think there's about 110 more before this. Um, but with that being said, those of you that are still listening, I truly appreciate it. Uh, my, my listenership has gone down, <clears throat> which is fine. I completely get it. Uh, I haven't been dedicated and dedicated to my podcast like I should have been. Uh, but you know what? I'm trying to bring you all new, fresh content. Uh, I've been trying to get people on the podcast to interview. Um, hopefully one day I do, do, I do get that. Do do. Uh, but before I get started... Uh, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, please give me a five-star review on whatever platform you, you listen, listen to this to on, uh, if you actually truly like it. If not, then leave me a one-star review. Uh, other than that, if you want to reach out to me, you got any questions, um, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-E, S-T-O-R-I-E, uh, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at TNTDad2728, or LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. Okay, uh, other than that, you know, you probably hear a little bit of noise in the background with the kids and the wife and stuff like that. Um, but what I'm going to name the, the, the name of this podcast, this episode, this, this one right here is going to be dedicated to the death of a car sales manager um, or the car sales manager position, desk manager, whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, and the reason why I kind of want to talk about this a little bit is because the one thing I think that needs to happen in the car business is that we need to be more fluid uh, and more um, to where the customer doesn't have to go back and forth, where they don't have to negotiate with anybody but the salesperson alone. Okay, and now that there's a lot of variables that come into that. You know, for instance, you know, just having set pricing, whatever it may be, it's just it's it's totally different. You know, background, totally different um, um, aspect of you know what goes on right now. So, <clears throat> with that being said, um, let me lead into this podcast episode. Um, when I worked at Fred Haas Total World as a new car manager or internet manager, whatever you want to be, um, the one thing is, is I was I was baffled by the fact they were letting salespeople pencil their own deals. Just baffled. I was like, why would you do that? Because the salesperson is going to lose gross, right? Um, now, this isn't going to be for everybody. You know, for those that are beginning to listen to this podcast, you know, these are the questions you should be asking your sales manager if if your dealership's going to allow it. Um, you know, the current dealership I'm at, they don't allow it, but I think they should. Um, but the one thing is, is when a uh, salesperson is granted that ability to pencil their own deals, it takes a lot of burden off of you. I talked about this on the previous episode, but what you're seeing in today's business um, through Carvana and through Tesla and a lot of the high volume dealerships and a lot of the high volume salespeople is that they're allowed to pencil their own deals. I mean, it just, it makes the most amount of sense in the whole, it makes the most amount of sense. If you're able to work your own deals um, you can be um, pretty pretty much self-sufficient. Now, you as a sales manager, um, he, she, whoever's listening to this, the one thing you got to understand um, that you have to entrust that salesperson to make those decisions. But you also have to set a, set a barrier that, that, that can't be um, gone below, okay? So for instance, you know, if your dealership is comfortable taking, you know, um, you know, an $1,800 loser on the front or $2,000 loser or $1,000 loser or, you know, you got to sell it 500 below invoice. Anything below that needs to be discussed with the, the, the desk. Um, you got to make sure that barrier is set. It has to be defined lines, okay? Um, but what I've learned in, in my, my um, uh, experience is that if salespeople are allowed to look at their own gross, they can clearly understand 
that there is the bottom of the barrel whenever you're talking to them sometimes, right? Because the salesperson's not seeing what you're seeing. For instance, most of you guys that listen to this, you're not seeing what the sales manager's seeing, and so you're just pretty much um, trying to sell the sales manager on taking the deal versus selling the customer because you don't perceive that there is any bottom to the barrel. And even when that salesperson, when that customer does leave, you know, sometimes two days later, uh, if, you don't, if you do not have a good manager, um, or, you know, 10 days later, or, if, or if you, if you, you know, seem to be one of those dealerships and you're in a very competitive market, um, you'll tell the salesperson, Hey, call that customer, um, tell them we're going to do the deal and, uh, do it right here. Right. And then you make that, that, that call and then they've already purchased somewhere else because you weren't willing to make that deal there. So one of the things is that you have to understand is that there has to be a clear line of communication. Okay. Uh, when salespeople are allowed to look at their own deals, they understand, they truly get what the bottom of the barrel is. And when you're going out there and telling them that the, the customer is either, you know, effing crazy or it's just impossible or you need X amount of dollars down, um, the thing is, is they're able to see that. They're able to visualize that and they're able to um, under, get the customer to understand a little bit more, right? And, and what I personally think it does is, you know, if you are a salesperson and your dealership allows you to do it allows you to to hone in on your skills. It allows you to be, you know, a better um, uh, better salesperson in the fact that you know, you know, what all the rules are. So, for instance, you know, when you look at football and you look at you know basketball, or you even look at you know businesses out there that you know know all the loopholes and the and the tax breaks and and all of the other different vari- variables that they can, you know, not really so much get away with, but they're allowed to, you know, manipulate the system or even so much like a, you know, an athlete. When they know all the rules, it makes it a totally different game. It's like seeing the Matrix, you know. Um, if, I, if I dated myself, I, I am sorry. But it, it's like seeing the Matrix and seeing everything in front of you um, without any kind of um, uh, filter on you. And you're able to make the decisions that you need to make right away versus, you know, hey, you know, I got to tech with the desk manager. Hey, I got to do this. You know, how many times is you as a desk manager, uh, by the way, I hate the term the desk manager because you don't manage a desk, you manage people. So you need to be a people manager, not a, a desk manager. Um, you're not a sales manager because sales manage them themselves, um, but you need to be a people manager. So um, what, you need to, the, what you need to understand is, is that, um, man, where was I going with this thing? Um, Man, I think uh, if you hear my wife in the background, she's very loud. She's on the phone with her, her um, sister, and I think she's had a couple too many to drink. But with that being said, you know the thing is, is whenever the salesperson is out loud to look at everything. Oh, if they know all the rules, it just makes them that much better. It makes them understand. Hey, you know this is below the rule. This is below the line. That you can't do this, right? Uh, and th- and that's what makes you more. Um, uh, uh, how do I, uh, how do I believable to the customer? Cause I know sometimes we tell the customer, you know, look, I can't go below that. Right. And the customer's like, well, I know you can. And, and the salesperson can't transfer that same energy that you can transfer because I know, you know, too many times you as a sales manager are, are allowed to go out there and you close the deal, just saying the exact same thing that the, the salesperson says. Um, now I'm not saying that the simple fact that if you give the salesperson this ability, they're going to be able to close every car deal. But the thing is, is they are able to transfer that energy a lot, a lot sooner in the deal. Because of that, you know, they, they, the customer gets it instead of you having to go out there and do it. 
So that's one of the key things that I believe um, that is going to be the death of a sales manager. I think you honestly, as salespeople, and and, and from and I'm not trying to say you know the death of a sales manager. You, the dealerships don't need sales managers or desk managers. But we've clearly seen, you know, what's going on in today's industry that a lot of things can be done digitally, right? All of a sudden, the things we couldn't do before have all been lifted up and we can do those now. And that's why, you know, having, you know, delivering vehicles to customer, you know, doing trade appraisals, you know, it's just those little key things are going to make your dealership better or you better as a salesperson. Um, and if you want to propose this idea to your sales manager, you're more than welcome to. Um, I just believe, I fully believe that if you allow a salesperson to have all the capabilities in the world and you fully entrust them, you're going to create an elite salesperson that's going to sell 15, 20 cars a month uh, or more, and you won't need to manage them as much. Um, now, before I go any further, and I want to go into the management section of that, um, I'm going to do a quick, real quick one minute commercial, and then I'll be right back. But I'm going to let it last a little bit longer because finding my commercials when I'm editing this is very hard sometimes. Um, extremely hard. So um, give me one minute and I'll be right back. All right, I am back. If you are still hearing the family in the background, I do apologize, um, but I am not chewing gum. But what I am gonna do is I'm gonna take a drink of water because my mouth is getting parched. Okay, so the one thing that you know you as a desk manager need to do, um, it's not really you're, you're trying to work yourself out of a job. Eventually, you're, you're not going to have a job. You're not, there's, there's dealerships that are going to require less staff um, for you know either either both sales, sales managers, finance managers. <clears throat> it's going to shrink because of the simple fact is we've seen in this day and age. You know, for for instance, if anybody knows any of the groups and stuff out there, uh, Group One, one of the larger corporations, laid off a good portion of their staff. Um, AutoNation laid a good portion of their staff off because we've been in a time in, in the business. Or even in the economy, where we've all been fat and happy. We've been extremely profitable. We haven't had to, you know, go through the hard times. And 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 what what this has taught us is that we need to learn how to run lean. And that's going to cost a lot of people some jobs. Um, but what that means for you, there's a lot of opportunity there. If you are just a desk manager, or you are just a salesperson, sell a desk manager, or just a sales manager, or if you are just a salesperson that is not ahead of the curve or trying to figure out newer, better ways. You're going to be left in the dust. It's just going to happen. There's nothing you can stop about. If you're an eight-car salesperson, after we come out of this and you haven't increased, you're going to be a six-car salesperson. I'm telling you 100% that that's what's going to happen. But with that being said, how do you manage these people? What is this? What does this allow to do? Allow you to do as a sales manager um, or even as a salesperson? So whenever you have, when you give your salespeople the true ability, now you can't give this to 100% of your staff. Uh, if you are able to do that, great. But this is one of those um, uh, uh, responsibilities that you can probably give to about 40% uh, of the staff if you believe that they're capable of it. Uh, and so what I mean by that is, yes, you have to allow them to pull credit. You have to allow them to look at their own trades. You have to allow them to um, uh, pull payoffs. You have to allow them to pencil their own deals. You got to teach them this stuff. But what this does for you, um, and, and this is the most monotonous thing, you know, when you look at it and, and, and just think about it in everyday processes. If you're a salesperson listening to this or a sales manager listening, think about this. When a salesperson comes to you and you have to pull the invoice, you have to pull the rebates, you have to pull the trade appraisal, you have to pull the Twix, you have to pull the all these documents, you know, just to have them finish up the deal. You know, the thing is, is take it takes time, right? And the one thing I know and y'all know is that Amazon is, it used to be the cheapest. It's not the cheapest anymore, but Amazon. 
um, is the most convenient, right? Because they simplify the process. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to simplify the process and make that purchase a lot quicker. So whenever you sit there and look at it, and I worked for a dealership, like I said, Fred Haas Total World, that we sold 70 cars on one Saturday before, new cars and, and 40 or 50 used cars, almost 110, 120 cars in one day. You know, the thing is, well, you look at it in awe, but you know, at, at six or seven o'clock, the dealership was dead because it was a well-tuned machine. And so what I'm saying by that is, is whenever you give the salespeople that ability, all they do at the end of the day is they bring a folder up to you, you sign off on the deal, make sure everything looks right, and then get it into finance and get done with it, right? And that what creates, you know, to me, better customer service, better CSI, better, you know, uh, 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 customers that are, you know, happy with their purchase, that don't have to spend that ex that exorbitant amount of time at time the dealership, and they get things, you get things done, you know? It's just, it's, it's so much more simple, right? Um, and so that's what I mean for you as a sales manager. I'm not trying to so much kill your job, but this is what's gonna come out of this whole, you know, COVID-19 and, and the economy that we're in right now, is that for the simple fact is, you're gonna have to learn how to run lean, you're gonna have to learn how to run better, you're gonna have to learn how to, you know, think outside the box, you're gonna have to learn how to, how do I better service not only my customer, but my employees that work for me, that way we expedite and make best use of everybody's time, uh, and, and, and provide the level of customer service um, that, that is meant to be there. You know, one of the things I did notice whenever people have that ability to, um, you know, salespeople have the ability to pencil their own deals or, or um, uh, man, I don't know where I was going with this. Um, when, when, so for instance, when everybody, when, when a salesperson is able to work the whole entire process and the customer sees that, you know, um, even, even doing everything from the aftermarket to all that other stuff, it just makes the whole entire buying experience a lot less stressful. Uh, now, one thing that I don't agree with that was done at Fred Haas Total World is they did a lot of aftermarket um, whenever I was there. The aftermarket, they allowed the salesperson pretty much to sell it at cost. There was really no profit in it, but there was no um, aftermarket manager too. Um, and, and you know, there's not a whole lot of dealerships that do do have aftermarkets managers do do uh, in, in their dealerships. I, I'm at one that we do. Um, do I think it's the most, I think it's a little bit of a fat on the, on the, on the bones. I think it's one of those positions we could eliminate because most of the time that he does, he spends it on the computer versus actually, you know, doing anything produceful, productive or anything like that. Um, so with that being said though, you know, um, there's a couple things I do agree with, a couple things I don't agree with, but what a customer, whenever you're sitting there and you're, and you're working the deal and you're doing everything, you know, that you don't have to have, have you know, to have checks and balances on. Um, like I said, there has to be a bottom line. But when you do that, you know, the, the experience of everything is just so much better. Um, but anyways, ah, man, I'm going on a little too long here. Um, but um, kind of just to review and recap a little bit, and then I'll finish this podcast off. You know, I'm not trying to talk about the fact that, you know, you as a sales manager is going to be, you know, your, your, your head's gonna be on the chopping block and you're not exist anymore. Um, you will exist. You as a sales manager, male or female, need to learn how to work yourself out of, out of your job. Now this doesn't only go for sales, this goes for finance managers too. How are you gonna be ahead of the curve? How are you introducing yourself to the customer? How are you able to leverage your time uh, in this market and be more digital and more, you know, in front of the customer than ever uh, versus previously? You know, um, we've done a lot of Facebook videos and we've done a lot of things, I think, digitally that we were doing before, 
but we just magnified it and we got better at it and we're able to hone those skills. Uh, and that's what I, me truly believe. I believe, you know, me as a sales manager, it's not my job to manage um, people. Um, it is my job to manage people, but it's not my job to necessarily manage people in the aspect of, you know, keep them underneath my foot because I need to control them. It's my job to manage the people and help them better themselves and better their careers, find out where they want to go. Uh, and that's, that's going to be a whole other podcast. How do you know where your salespeople want to go? You know, for instance, if your salespeople want to go be a manager or if they want to be a salesperson um, their whole entire career, how are you uh, um, enabling them? How are you supplementing them? How are you giving them those abilities to do all that stuff, okay? Now, with that being said, you know, you have to trust the salesperson that you're going to be given this power to or this ability to, you know, you know have the, the hands of the, dealer, the, the dealership in your own hands. Um, there needs to be a certain level though that they can't go below. Um, because if you don't prevent them from doing that or you don't set that, that barrier in there, um, you know, they're going to pretty much take advantage of every possible angle that they have. Now, that's going to be dependent upon who you put in that position too, so truly understand that. And the last thing is, um, you as a salesperson, you know, don't be afraid to ask your manager if you're able to do this at your dealership. Trust me, I want to do it so bad at my dealership uh, that just the GSM doesn't allow me the ability to do that. But the thing is, is you need to you know ask your sales manager those those key things that they that you think that they think would allow you to have those abilities. What makes you think that you know you're you're the performer that that needs to have that ability? What makes you think that you're going to need to be that level to where you need to sell 15, 20 cars? You know, much like uh, Ali Rada and Frank Knight, you know, the two of the top salespeople in the U.S., pretty much the world. You know, they're able to sell cars because their sales people, their sales managers, the GM, the ownership. They trust them. They trust them 100% to sell those cars and to act at a level, you know, where they're actually their own business, you know, and that's the thing. You have to look at this in the aspect of, you know, either you as a desk manager, sales manager, whatever it may be, or a salesperson. How do I create my own business to where, you know, if everything shut down, I could go somewhere else and I could be successful somewhere else, right? How do I create this business? How do I create this niche? How do I create my ability to be better and be ahead of the market or be the market leader in whatever it may be that, you know, um, creates the ability for us to either sell more cars, be more profitable, you know, be, 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 be at that level to where everybody wants to be. And those are some key things and some key takeaways um, that I took away from a lot of my dealerships. So, you know, um, hey, so just real quick, last little recap here. If you're a sales manager or a desk manager, you don't, you don't manage the desk. You manage the people, teach them. Find people that you trust that work for you. And then what that does, it alleviates a lot of time so you can focus on things that are more, more um, um, productive to the dealership. If you have you know, 40% of your staff that's able to pinch their own deals, it takes a lot of time off of you to go do other um, venues or other routes within the dealership, whether that be to you know, hone finance skills and um, to create more content, to make sure the website looks good, to make sure that all, all the inventory is right. What that does is allows you to have that extra time to do that and to leverage all of your time throughout the dealership. Um, then next thing is, if you're a salesperson, don't be afraid. Ask for that permission. Say, hey, look, I think that we should do this here. I think this should be done. And it just makes you that much better of a salesperson uh, in the long run. And know where you want to be in your career. If you want to be a salesperson, understand, a salesperson at a dealership never has a cap on their income. So you can go, the, the sky's the limits for you. But understand, you know, ask that, make sure that you and the sales manager, and I'll have another po a podcast on this, you and the sales manager have that long talk about what you, where you see yourself and how you think you're going to be the most successful at the dealership, 
whether that be through you know selling cars or eventually being a manager or finance manager or something in fixed ops, whatever it may be, make sure you give that clear guidance to what you're, you make sure you give that clear voice to your salesperson on what that may be. So other than that, guys, uh, I'm gonna wrap this podcast up. Um, I want to thank y'all, thank y'all for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know I haven't been the uh, most loyal. Um, um, talker or podcast um, host lately. So I do appreciate those, those of y'all that are still loyal. Um, if you think that you've gotten great content out of this, even back to episode number one, I really, truly appreciate if you just share this podcast with somebody, friend, um, you know, a uh, counterpart in the car business, either somebody, you know, that's either starting out green or they've been in it for a while or they're lagging in their sales and they're a veteran. Just give this podcast to them. I think this will give them a little bit of refresher. And once again, don't, pre- don't hesitate to reach out to me. If you have anything you need to ask me, please reach out to me. Um, you can either you know reach out to me on Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name Story, or Instagram at TNTDad27228. I'm on those three platforms right there. I'd love to connect with y'all. I'd love to give y'all any information that y'all have. If y'all have any ideas for podcasts, please don't hesitate to hit me up with them. You know, whatever that may be, if it's something crazy that you've never heard before or whatnot, please hit me up with an idea for the podcast. All right, um, all you guys and gals, I do love you. Um, another thing is, you're going to have to be able to be um, flexible in this market. You're going to have to be able to generate your own leads. You know, depending on car gurus and auto trader and all that stuff, hit me up if you want to be able to develop your own landing pages that you can create your, you know, that can get your own leads. Uh, it's phone sites, so please just hook, just uh, reach out to me. Uh, I have an affiliate link. Yes, I do get paid for doing that affiliate link. If I didn't have the affiliate link, you'd still pay the same price. Uh, other than that, guys, I truly, uh, guys and gals, I truly love y'all. You know, be blessed during this time if you do it. If you're still, if you're still selling cars and you're still active, if not, you know, just hone in those on those skills. Make yourself better. All right, guys. Um, this could be the hardest five-figure business or the easiest six-figure. It is what you make it. The very last thing is, um, we all win when we all win. So pl- we all win when we all win. So please just share this information with everybody. All right. Guys and gals, peace.